everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Style Guides podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things style guides and pattern library related. My name is Brad Frost. I'm Anna Debenham. And today we're really thrilled to talk with Rob Huddleston from, um, from Capital One Digital Design and Innovation Group, which sounds pretty fancy. Rob, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It, it, is, it does sound fancy, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Digital design and innovation. It's almost like Imagineer or something, <laughs> only for banks. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think that's partially what we're going for. You know, that's, that's us rebranding ourselves and, you know, adding some excitement and uh, adventure to the organization here. Yeah, excellent. Well, do you want to actually, yeah, dive in and, and talk a little bit about uh, what exactly you do, where you're coming from, and, and, and what you're up to at Capital One? Yeah, so I... I'm a senior creative director at Capital One. I've been working for Capital One since January of 2008, so a little while. Um, and my primary focus of the last five or so years has been, um, well, I guess in the context of what we're talking about. So we refer to it as our build book historically, but ultimately it's I was one of two that was going back to 2010, responsible for creating our first non-brand-related um, style guide and then maintaining that style guide, evolving that style guide, creating a living online version of that style guide, um, and then creating a lot of process and kind of team um, ownership of this thing that you know we refer to, again, as the build book, but ultimately the style guide and, and creating consulting groups so that we can partner with different... Um, business partners and product owners across the organization to educate, to train, to help facilitate getting a product launched and really focusing on, you know, creating a design system uh, that supports all of those various initiatives. And majority of that focus up until very recently has been within the CapitalOne.com framework. Uh, we're now moving into a place where we're going far beyond that and thinking at an enterprise level with a new visual design language. So that's that's been uh, what I've spent the last ten or twelve months working on. That's awesome. So, so you sort of you're now five or six years into this sort of design system thinking and sort of starting with something and evolving that something and growing that something into something that's now bleeding out and and really affecting and benefiting the the entire organization. Yeah, it's it's been a really interesting ride. I mean, we. We went from having a 15-page PDF style guide to something something a <laughs> nice. year later. Yeah, to something that a year later was uh, roughly 150 pages uh, PDF. A uh, year after that was an online resource tool that is now, I mean, it's part of the Capital One vernacular. Everyone refers to this document and this style guide. It's part of our onboarding process um, with agencies and, and internal new hires. It's something that everyone talks about, everyone leverages. And when I say everyone, our audience went from originally being a small design team to now, you know, designers, developers, product owners, um, system analysts and business, you know, people writing business requirements, um, testers. Our testers are writing test cases against the guidelines so that they can make sure that, especially now that we're in a responsive framework, you know, that on mobile, on tablet, on desktop, at, at whatever breakpoints or whatever component types and modules that we're talking about, that the components and the content is displaying correctly, it's performing as it's intended to. And, you know, it's gotten to be this 
this huge thing that it, I'm pretty proud to say that our entire organization has gotten behind. It wasn't that's awesome. An, it wasn't an easy journey getting to where we are today, but it, it's it's been pretty um, exciting. I think a lot along the way, so it's been good. What sort of what sort of things um, were problematic in in releasing this? Well, so I think you know the problems didn't stem with the tools that we were creating or the release of these tools, but more just culturally. Mm-hmm. I think, and I've heard this mentioned in some of the other podcasts, but I think culturally, um, when you start talking about style guides and implementation guidelines, the first people that are going to react negatively to this are the designers until they really (laughs) understand the benefit that it brings. So, you know, designers, whether it's brand or, you know, our digital design team, um, ultimately anytime words like governance or standards come into play or style guides, it seemed as a, it's viewed as a very restrictive thing. Mm. Um, Yeah. We very early on, I, for a long time was a team of one. I owned this document. I helped create this document and then I was the one supporting it. Um, and and I learned a lot the first year that we really implemented this style guide as kind of an organizational thing that everyone needed to follow and, and adhere to. And it really went from, you know, positioning myself very early on, recognizing the fact that I was the last person invited to the meetings. I was simply viewed as a web, the web police and flipping that script. <laughs> Did you, you have know, a little the, hat? <laughs> a little hat and a little badge, you know, but, nice. but simply... Um, no gun, know, no, no gun, no gun, no gun, no gun. But flipping the script there to say, you know, I'm not here to tell people, product owners, designers, anyone, that something cannot be done. Uh, my my goal simply became to say, you know, yes, it could be done, but here's how I want to influence the direction that you take to get this thing done. Yeah. And then and then also beyond that to say, as I started really building my group as as a consultant group within. Um, the organization to really think about I want to hear what is the problem you're trying to solve what is the challenge you're trying to um, you know solve and deliver against what is what is the experience you want to deliver what are your requirements what are your needs Uh, you know as a, a simplified example if I'm being asked to you know I'm told whatever the project is or the 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 need is there's 10 things that are being asked for we can actually, with the system we've built, handle nine of those ten things. Here's three or four different ways we can deliver those nine or ten things, and you can decide which is the, the right one through testing or however, um, which is the right one for, for your specific need. But then let me and my group partner with you to figure out how do we add that one additional thing that we don't currently have in the system today into the system. And once yeah. we do, you know, so from our perspective, it's we add this new element into or component into the system, we define, you know, the details of it, but we think about it in a way that's flexible. So in our world, it could be the credit card line of business that is coming to us with an ask. I will then start to think, how might the bank business use this? How might the auto loans or the home loans use the same feature? How might, how might across all of those groups, you know, what are the things that are going to be consistently used or the features that are going to be consistently needed? And then what are the specific features that by each of those businesses might be needed down the road. And so we build in all of that flexibility at the top. And then once that, once that component or that feature is added to the system, the entire organization benefits from, and they, they all have the ability to leverage that new thing. So it's, we really try to think of, of all of these new features at a very high enterprise level, um, 
kind of headspace and then you know, focus on the, the specific needs that we need to deliver the specific thing that we're being asked to, but then think way beyond that, whether it's other business partners or you're asking for these three things, might you need two additional things once you start using it? <coughs> Excuse me. So, you know, we really try to think at a much larger view about adding these new components or these new capabilities into the system than what the specific ask is so that we build in these flexibility uh, we build in the opportunity to continue to modify, continue to evolve, and continue to to grow. Whether it's you know a component or some functional aspect or, or what have you. That's a, that's excellent. And so so as part of your consulting group, it's it's like yeah, they're they're focused on the thing that's right in front of them, right? The the itch they have to scratch or the things that they're trying to get done. And you're coming in and saying, "Hang on, think of think of the bigger picture." But sort of, it sounds like you're doing so in a way that's empowering them to to contribute to the broader system. Where it's like, hey guys, like you know, it's not just about your group, but like you know, if we do this thing right, and you know, we can, you know, everyone can make use of it. And so it's sort of, it's almost like distributing like what what used to be your job solely, right? But in, into sort of making sure that it's a little more democratic, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And and the interesting thing is there is so within the organization that I'm a part of and and the the multiple products, the multiple business partners that we support, um, those business groups are very siloed. Um mm. and they do, you know, so what I see because I kind of see it all happening at as it's happening, um whether it's through consulting or simply the fact that you know I'm responsible for to some degree reviewing everything that goes live on the .com website, um, I'm able to I have the opportunity to as these new things are being asked of us to start connecting the dots. So it could be that bank, our banking partner, our credit card partner, and our auto loan partner all have a similar request at the same time. They all have different ideas about how they want to solve for that request, and they may have different whether it's a a visual solution, a technological solution, you know, it could be anything from building this solution in-house to, you know, consuming a third-party vendor app or something like that. Um, instead of having the same thing solved three different ways, I have the ability to bring those three groups together to have a simple, you know, one singular conversation. Maybe that conversation evolves into a workshop or, you know, a series of design exercises but ultimately what it does is it breaks down those walls. It gets those three business partners and those three groups talking, solving the same problem, using the same strategy. So, And again, it gives us the opportunity to still focus on the bigger need, but then also build in the flexibility to deliver the specific needs by each of those groups. So you know, we understand if we're building out 10 features, our credit card business might use eight of them, our bank business might use two, and then the home loans business might use a total of five, but ultimately what we do when we build to that larger need, we give these other lines of business the opportunity to kind of turn on and off these features that maybe they didn't realize they needed until they had an opportunity to actually test and see and prove them out, you know? So, um, you know, again, for us, it's really all about that flexibility and that scalability when we start talking about features and components. No, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And I, I do, I, I see that as sort of, Generally speaking, in organizations, you have a lot of different silos, each sort of doing their own thing. And it's only sort of a recent endeavor, I think, that there are starting to be people like you in place that sort of have the the bird's eye view on things and that can sort of help 
yeah, sort of massage those things to make sure that everyone's moving in the same direction or that, you know, there's not a bunch of redundancy and that, you know, yeah, different components aren't being built sort of similarly, but have differences in them and stuff like that. Like an evangelist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly the few, first few years really felt like that, that was my number one job and duty really was to evangelize the system that we were creating. Um, you know, and it, it was an interesting challenge, you know, you have, especially in an organization as large as Capital One, um, it's not necessary. it's not an easy thing to be heard in an organization that large. So really finding the right people to partner with, the right relationships to build. I mean, I spent a good year just building relationships with our brand organization, with the different business mm. groups, um, and really just kind of spreading that gospel to those those people through those relationships and then letting them do the same on my behalf. You know, So it really was like a grassroots networking for the first you know, 12 months, year and a half, where you know, it really was a word-of-mouth effort to um, – you know, evangelize is probably the right word. Just get the word out and then have people um, really intrigued and interested. And, you know, when we start talking about things like speed to market, you know, so operationalizing this design system, this componentized asset system that we've created and this flexible system that we've created, um, reducing what used to be, you know, a six-month effort or a three-month effort to deliver a new experience on the website is now a matter of days or weeks. That's right. huge. When you start really, you know, thinking about, you know, expense and delays, you know, with, with speed to market and campaigns, you know, our business partners are, they have TV campaigns. I'm sure everyone's seen, you know, the Capital One, the Sam Jackson commercials. So as these media buys are happening, these campaigns are happening, if, you know, my group, not necessarily my group, but if the dot-com group, the tech group, whoever is going to come back and say, you know, we can do that, but it's going to take us four months to deliver this thing through whatever operational process is in place. Um, that makes us the bad guy, right? So we needed a way going back several years now to, you know, roughly 2010 when we really ramped up creating this design system, you know, speed to market and operational speed were too big two other other big points that we wanted to solve for in addition to the flexibility for for the design and the experience piece so um you know really setting up this this means for groups to come to us and say you know whether it is simply saying i need a new page i need 20 new pages i need this completely new experience added to the website i need this experience deleted because we want to redesign and rethink what we're doing today they don't want to hear the answer that you know, five years ago, we were giving them, which was, this is going to take six months, this might take two years, <laughs> yeah. you know, now we're now we're at a space where we're saying, yeah, we can do that tomorrow. You know, as yeah. long as you can, yeah. as long as you can come to us with strong strategy, your content developed. Um, and, you know, the basic creative assets, we've got an entire, you know, admin team, um, a content and contribution team is what we call them, who run daily releases. I mean, we're releasing three to five times a day, updating the website um, at a content level. And then, you know, weekly or biweekly, larger scale releases to where we can add, you know, entirely new experiences to the site. So um, by operationalizing the design system, that was a huge win just for, you know, speed to market and the ability to deliver higher quality work faster. That's incredible. So what does your workflow look like now? Well, which part of the workflow? So the design workflow is still um, very much dependent on the group that we're working with. 
Um, the release workflow, um, once creative, I, I, Brad, I know you hate the word creative, but once the, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, once the design is done, let's just say, put it that way. Once the, once the design is finalized, usually for us, the, the more treacherous part of the design flow is the review process. When you start getting your ideas out in front of, you know, executives or product owners or a large group of people who haven't been involved up until this review meeting, now they are involved, they're weighing in with their opinion and their feedback. Um, that becomes the more drawn out phase of, of our design flow currently, but the release piece is pretty simple. I mean, like I said, so we've got, once that work is handed off to the implementation teams, we have within our system, we've separated code and content. So we don't have content editors writing or injecting code into the CMS any longer. So we've, we've removed all of the, you know, the code aspect to a specific set of resources and teams who are responsible for the presentation layer, you know, code of the website. We've got a team who's um, basically playing the admin role. They're using the CMS. They're using the component library that we have. They're, you know, using simple, just basic CMS tools, WYSIWYGs, and, you know, input fields to contribute content um, and define the architecture of a page. We don't use page templates any longer. We use components. Um, and we templatize at the component level. So, again, flexibility. We have, you know, it's not a page X, a product page, or a business homepage must fit this model, and you must figure out how to fit content into these boxes. It's completely configurable and um, flexible. So, you know, those the way the, those teams handle that work, you know, again, it's like a daily a daily process. So depending on the scope of work or the scope of the release, whether it's, you know, simple content updates, which we would consider, you know, modifying words and images, or if it's, you know, again, creating 20 or 30 new pages, if it's modifying global elements like the header or the primary navigation, these all kind of filter into different types of releases. And each of those different types has a different cadence just depending on, you know, complexity of the release. I don't know that I, I don't know that I answered your question, but that's, that's what I've got. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that does sound great. Um, I especially really like that point on uh, sort of componentizing the CMS to really make sure that, yeah, because it's, it's not just like here, fill in the blanks and you have a full page to, to work with. It's, it's, well, okay, this component might have a couple different options or you could pick and choose which one fit the need the best. Yeah, and I think, I think with that in mind, going back actually to your question about the design process, so... This has really been the huge, the big benefit over you know the last several years for for our designers who are leveraging the system. So, if you think about one thing we've done, so we've mentioned uh, the entire framework is component based. Um, each of these components, regardless of what the intent for the the content type is, um, again we're thinking about flexibility. So we're using a sixteen column grid system. Um, we wanted to make sure that these components, and this goes back to, you know, again, 2010 when we were in flight with the replatforming exercise and we really broke down the site and the pages and the, the construction down to components. We wanted to make sure that we weren't being restrictive in the sense that component X, whatever type of component you're, you're, you're needing to use, we wanted to make sure that that could be configured in a way that could be, you know, four columns, five columns, six, 10, 12, what have mm -hmm. you. That way you've got flexibility built in there. And then also within the same component, it may be that there's, 
seven seven elements, let's just say that, and this is where you know Brad, you and I have talked where this gets really into that atomic design uh, methodology of this component may have seven elements. Um, it may be a heading, a subheading, an icon, an image, a body container, um, a call to action, and so forth. Mm-hmm. What we wanted to do was simply define a means by which we're saying this is the the set of elements that is available for use. We're not going to say that this is that they all must be used or what combinations they must be used in, but simply you can turn on or off any of these elements. So we start to build this flexibility, you know, across the configuration, the sixteen, you know, column spans. We also start to build presentationally this flexibility in, you know, those those elements that are part of that specific component. So you can turn the H2 heading and the H3 heading, you can turn one or the other on or off if it's not needed. You can turn the image on or off. You can position the image on the right, the top, the left. You can define how the content is going to wrap around that image or if it's you know going to be in a block position so it doesn't wrap. Um, so, you know, again, a lot of flexibility. So for the designers, as as they're presented with a need, you know, whether it's, you know, content, um, we're trying to push, you know, and we're doing great with this post-responsive, but, you know, our business partners are finally thinking content first, mobile first. So this is a huge, huge win for all of us. Um, But the designers now have the ability to say, okay, I understand what you need to do. I've got all these Lego blocks, these tools. I can put them together in any fashion that I want. Um, And within each of those groups, I can turn on and off all of these different elements so that I can get such a wide variety of design choice out of these components. I mean, that's the big win, right? Again, it goes back to that flexibility, but you know, you'll notice if you go, if you travel throughout capital one.com, you start to see patterns in page design, depending on a business or a group that's working in that specific um, space, but you won't see every business homepage looks the same. Every business product page looks the same, even across the products. If, you know, we're talking about five different credit cards there's going to be common themes, but we're not mandating that the same content is on every every page the same or that it's even presented the same way. We're offering that flexibility through the components. So that's been a huge thing. Um, that's awesome. On, on top uh, of that, yeah. cool. prototyping and designing is such a, a much easier process now. So as we all are very well aware, like designing in Photoshop is great. However, it's time consuming or, you know, sketch or any of these other tools that are out now. But the thought of providing a flat static file, a PDF or a screenshot for review, getting feedback and then moving pixels around, you know, takes hours. Um, we've now provided a solution where we've got a duplicate version of our .com platform in a sandbox, you know, a, a prototyping environment. Mm-hmm. Um, our style guide now, because of this, includes code snippets, um, accessibility requirements and so forth. So the designers who are prototyping, they actually have a framework that's a duplicate of the production environment. They can start to configure their own pages and grab code snippets, drop them into the containers. Um, instead of Photoshop, they're using browser to design, which I've been a huge advocate for for, for years now, and it's, it's really taken off um, in our group. But the process of getting those reviews done is so much more streamlined. You're sending a URL not a PDF or a static screenshot. Someone is reviewing the work in an actual browser where it's intended to be viewed once released. Um, so we're not having this whole churn of review 
whether through UAT or post-release where someone's logging a defect because they're seeing a line break that's different than they saw in the Photoshop mock-up or they're seeing, Mm -hmm. you know, a little more or a little less white space or something's closer or farther apart. You know, they're using a browser to view the work. They're giving feedback. They're reviewing through the browser. And then what they see at UAT and at production time is the exact same thing. So there's no discrepancy between style sheets and Photoshop settings anymore. And that's especially useful for bringing up on different devices as well. Huge, yeah. So that's it's incredibly you know useful, and especially you know. So we we launched our responsive site. It's been about two years now, um, and you know that's been a, a huge a huge win for us in many levels. But um, you know, again, I, I mentioned having our customers think about our our product customers, our business customers think about mobile first and content first. Huge win. Again, that was something that took us, you know, a year, year and a half to get to. But um, there's a lot of excitement. And now a lot, you know, through through us educating our business partners, um, you know, they're coming back to us going, hey, you know, I've got this great idea on mobile. What if we what if we use this adaptive strategy that you've delivered and we're delivering, you know, the same marketing message, but it's formatted slightly different. You know, the image is different or, you know, some UI specific for mobile is different than it is on desktop or tablet because that's what makes more sense to the mobile user. We're not the ones having to always fight that fight. Um, right. the, the customers are actually interested in it. They're they're more engaged and more um, likely to bring us the ideas which is a great place to be. I mean, it's the, the flow of ideas that's coming back to us is it's incredible right now. You know, I mean, it's more than we can keep up with, which is, which is a great place to be, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. And again, I, it's, it just sounds like you've really, you know, it's taken several years and stuff, but like really built a culture that, that is empowering everyone in the organization and not just, and not just sort of being like, no, we're the we're the hotshot designers. We're going to tell you how you should act and stuff, which is awesome. Um, yeah, exactly. I want to I want to I want to come back to to the responsive redesign and in the role that the style guide played in in making that happen because I think oh, that yeah, is that whole story is just absolutely incredible. And I know that uh, you were talking to Ethan and Karen on. Uh, on the Responsive Design podcast, so I highly recommend everybody check out. Uh, you did actually two episodes, right, with them, wherever you talked about the nuts and bolts of everything that went into that responsive redesign. But I think that specific to to this podcast, like the role of the the style guide, just I think it was absolutely incredible. And I was down there. What it was. Yeah, I guess it was around 2010, and I went down to to talk to you all and take a look at what you guys were doing, and seeing this style guide, and then subsequently seeing your responsive release just done in record time was was just amazing. So, could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, you're a huge part of that story as well. You know, so that was, I think it was. 2012. It was December 2012 when you, when you came in, and so ultimately, what we were trying to do. So, like nearly everyone, especially when you when you think of you know Fortune 200 companies, um, we had just a very static site, desktop only. Um, our design team, myself and a few of my peers, were really excited, interested in the concept, uh, you know, the methodology of responsive, and the idea that you know we can do this. We had already been doing it side of desk, like taking microsites as an example and kind of retrofitting them um we knew that this could be done at scale uh we knew that no one had done it yet and for us that was 
a, a bit of some of the the politics at play that we had to sell some of our executives on was, you know, we couldn't really point to anyone, especially in the top 10 bank world, and, and to prove that responsive worked, meaning, you know, that it was it was anything even worth the conversation, much less actually spending time and effort to do. So we kept being asked, you know, is there a, is there a prototype? Is there a guinea pig? Is there a test pilot? Um, what about a microsite? What about a homepage redesign? And that's responsive. And you know, it wasn't really something that we were interested in, the idea of, you know, a responsive homepage, but then the rest of the site isn't, you know, that just seemed like a bait and switch. And we, we weren't really into that idea. But, you know, the thought of, okay, what is, if if we're going to be required to show that this can be done by doing, um, how do we go about doing that? At the same time that we were kicking this work off, I was attempting to get funding and support together to take the style guide from a PDF format to an online format. And just through a a simple conversation, I mean, we spent weeks like racking our our brains, figuring out like, what is good? What is this test pilot going to be at the same time? How are we going to deliver this, um, this style guide? Do we do it, you know, using WordPress or some other CMS? Where are we going to host it? Mm -hmm. Um, And then it all started to come together, you know, just again, simple conversation. I was like, you know, why aren't we using our platform to host this thing? If we're going to build a set of guidelines about the platform and about the components that's that ultimately deliver the website, why aren't we using the website to do this? So it was the <laughs> idea of this is now the one-to-one reference. You know, again, it's it's in browser. It's it's using the framework. It's using the platform. It's using the CMS. It's using all the tools and components that we're defining. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, by the way. If we build this thing responsive, we've solved for the responsive framework, the responsive components, which primarily they already were because they were flexible to such a degree. Um, all of our row and column configurations, like we've actually solved for every possible responsive issue that we could run into on the platform because we're actually using the platform to deliver the style guide. That very quickly got a lot of attention. You know, we had now solved all the problems. We we had a means to solve for responsive on the platform and on the website. We had a, a test pilot, our guinea pig, and I was getting my online style guide. Mm. So this got a lot of attention and got us, I mean, just moving very rapidly. In fact, you know, this we had an executive sponsor at this point. Um, there was a lot of interest. You know, we were being asked, so you mean if you fix the style guide or if you, if you release the style guide and it's responsive – we can just flip a switch and then the website would be responsive. And we were like, yeah, we can do that. You know, like, in <laughs> fact, we can do it all at the same time if you'll let us. And, and so for a little while, the conversation was, well, let's get the style guide out. And if, if, it, if it works, then we'll believe you and we'll make the website responsive. And then suddenly around halfway through that, that work stream, um, it was, you know, maybe you guys are right. This is actually really exciting. Um, why, don't, why don't we put the style guide on the back burner and put all the focus because we had already solved by that point, we had already solved for all of the you know things that we needed to solve for. We, we'd actually proven like in a development environment, it wasn't publicly available yet, but we hadn't released it, but we were like, Hey, it's already done. We actually did it while we've been talking about it for three weeks. We've actually done it. Um, and then they were like, Whoa, that's, that's crazy. Hold on a second. <laughs> if it was, you know, why don't we why don't we actually just flip the switch and make the site live and then we'll get to that style guide thing that you're talking about. It'll come out like next month. Um, but ultimately, you know, it was the style guide creation that solved all the problems, solved, you know, from a, you know, 
a design and a, a coding perspective. It solved kind of the political issues that we were discussing because we now had this this prototype um, that we could show was completely responsive. It was flexible. It was scalable. It was, again, using the components, using the platform. Um, it was an easy it, an easy sell, ultimately. And we got so much attention and so much like leeway just from that exercise. I, I mean, it just opened the doors for us across the board, across the company. I mean, that was really when design really took off as less of a production shop for our organization and more of a, a thought partner and an innovator and a leader. And then ultimately, you know, like you said, I mean, we brought part of that strategic play that we came up with was, you know, you were working at RGA at the time, which was a agency that we were working closely with on a lot of larger efforts. And um, I just saw that as a huge opportunity to to do a couple things. It was one to get, you know, you as a subject matter expert from the outside coming in on the inside, not only could we get you to, to some degree, sell the idea for us, if we weren't being heard in a specific conversation, the outside perspective would absolutely get heard. Um, but then it also gave us an opportunity, you know, and, and again, I, I've thanked you before, but I have to thank you again. It gave us the opportunity to really pick your brain to, to, you know, say, hey, we've got three or four really big problems, large format data tables, um, navigation patterns, you know, some different components that we we had ideas about, but we weren't sure they were the right ideas. And, and just to be able to have some time with someone else from the outside, bouncing some ideas around. And ultimately, I think for us, what we got out of it, besides that bit of help was, you know, hey, these problems that we're having, they're common problems everywhere. We're not the only ones who are concerned with these things or having problems delivering, you know, these new patterns. It just hasn't been done yet. So it was a really great you know, just eye-opening event for us and the, the three or four of us that were working on this um, to, you know, to really just not only validate what we were trying to do, but also it gave us a little bit more confidence in the work that we were trying to do and, and why we were trying to do it. So it was, it was just a great, you know, a great effort across the board. And, and to your point about speed, that took us, because of all the work that we had done making these flexible components during the replatforming effort in 2010, the 2013 responsive effort site-wide retrofit without redesigning the site and without modifying the desktop experience took us two months. Wow. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the second month of that was all testing. The first month was spent, um, you know, writing the code. So it was, you know, again, it was huge. And the benefits of having the style guide lead that that ex- that project that effort um, was what got us where we where we got and how fast we were able to get there. Yeah, and I I do and and that's I think that the, really the like the nail in the coffin for it all is just you know you're already you already had thought about you know well you'd already broken your interface down into its component parts. You, it's like okay here's our banners here's the variations of those banners here's it yeah full screen here's it in the you know main column here's it in a sidebar or whatever uh, all of that stuff here's data tables and you you sort of already had that there so it just became a matter of okay now how do we go through and sort of make all of this stuff responsive and 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 I, it just is such a, a crystal clear example of why a style guide matters, why this sort of component-based thinking, you know, pattern-based design and development thinking is just absolutely just 
it, it's beneficial in so many ways. It's hard to sort of quantify, but whenever you hear like, yeah, we were able to roll out a, 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 a giant, giant, giant site in two months, it's like, you know, it's huge. It's so huge. Yeah. So and, awesome. and the other, the other, and what we've learned since then, the other like really great benefit to that, and this is something that we're doing right now. So, you know, I will be the first to admit that the current, the design that we, the site that we rolled out responsive, um, the site that we have today is based on a 2009 design. So it is somewhat old. It's very old at this point. We are in flight with some redesign efforts. Um, we are about to launch a new homepage, which will also introduce a an entire set of new baseline elements. So, you know, things that we could modify very simply with, with CSS primarily. So thinking about color palette, typography, hex values for, um, you know, this new color palette, button styles, form styles, pretty basic things. But when they cascade across 2,500 pages, that's a pretty big facelift. Um, thinking about a redesign at a component level is so much easier to design, to deliver, to implement, to execute than thinking about redesigning a 2,500-page you know, website um, and all the variations of content and, and page design that might be within that, that website. So it affords you such great opportunity to modify a holistic design. So, you know, again, thinking about making minimal changes to a large number of components, those components add up to this great big thing that is our website. Um, and going back, you know, again to 2010, when we replatformed, we also did a site redesign at, at that time, um, which is the current design. But, you know, that took us almost two years to get through. That was like a year and a half process. We can do that same process now in a matter of months, and we're not dependent on or requiring our business partners to modify their content, modify their page layout, modify their strategy. We're simply at that component level modifying the visual presentation of those components, and, and there's very low level of effort, very low impact to that, that style of approach. And ultimately, if we wanted to run that exercise every 12 months, every two years, we could do that, and we'd not be you know, kind of put in a position where this thing is going to take us two years to deliver. And therefore there's a lot of fear around delivering it, a lot of hesitance to deliver it. And, you know, a lot of reluctance to even get started. So we've, we've removed that whole dilemma from our future state process. You know, as, as we continue to redesign, to evolve um, the web experience, we've got a ton of opportunity baked into the simple fact that we focused on the component setup rather than page level setup. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's like what you're saying. And I've sort of talked about this in the past is like by establishing a design system and and really baking it into your workflow, those you're sort of reducing the need for these giant redesigns. Or if you even do undertake a new giant redesign, you don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? You still, you're still going to have buttons. You're still going to have banners. You're still going to have, you know, all these different components. It's just maybe you'll approach them a little differently, but yeah, by being able to sort of roll out the, a redesign to these components, you're able to sort of get you know big changes out the door much faster. So that's that's awesome to hear yeah, that you guys are I living think it's, it. Yeah, and I think it's you know something that I hear a lot. I'm sure many of us do. You know, it's it's that death by a thousand cuts scenario. Like the, these little <laughs> things add up. 
this is the exact opposite of that, right? Like this is how those 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 micro you know design components, those those component level elements can be rethought, redesigned, and all of these you know small parts add up to this great big thing. Um, so it's the complete opposite of that death by a thousand cut scenario. This is like really all of these separate components. You know, think about them individually. Think about them redesigned. They all will add up to you know basically the paint li- the the repaint concept um, becomes you know a much easier way to introduce an entire new you know brand or site redesign. Yeah. Fantastic. What, what what is the actual def opposite of death by by a thousand paper cuts? It's it's healing by a thousand band aids, or something. Could be. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. I was. As soon I was as you said to, that. I'm like, what is the opposite of death? By I was trying to do the same thing, and I, I I'm just not clever enough to come up with it as I was saying it. But I was thinking it. Yeah, I don't know what that would be, but yeah, um, yeah. It's just it's the complete antithesis to that that approach you know? right right awesome well hey i think uh i think we're just about out of time but seriously thank you so much for uh for coming on and uh i guess one last thing you know you have this great style guide and it sounds like uh coming soon maybe there will be some stuff released out into the wild so that everybody can can check it out for themselves is that yeah true? that that is absolutely true i i don't exactly know yet when that is going to be but but certainly this year i'm i'm hoping before the summer in fact um and that's going to be an all inclusive uh so we're we're thinking about it very similar to you know google material design docs where it's it's really it's an enterprise view of not only design for capital 1 the organization but you know the brand um style guide you know tone of voice and color palette and iconography logo all these things um we're also going to include in that information or that, that public release. Um, ultimately, we've got four different, four different topics um, that will be the high-level topics. One is design, one is brand, one is coding, um, so our development standards, and then the other is accessibility. So, I mean, that's something that we take very seriously, especially in, in our group. Um, so really, you know, pushing all of these things public-facing, you know, there's – dozens of arguments why this is the right way to do things. You know, of course we, we can't share, um, everything, but you know, the value of sharing as much as we possibly can is, is huge. I mean, it's better for the brand. It's better for the company. It's better for recruitment. It's better for, you know, just the simple fact of sharing. I think as designers, as developers, I mean, we are always looking for new information, new perspective. This is a way to do that. It's just, it's just a good, you know, it's a non-self-serving way of you know sharing sharing the content and the experience that we've we've got. That's awesome. Well, we're super excited to see it whenever it comes out. So, so, um, but all right, yeah, I think that we're just about out of time. So, Rob, seriously, thanks so much for for coming on the show. It was absolutely fantastic talking to you. Absolutely, thank you guys. I appreciate it. That was a good conversation.